Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Bygard Wrestling Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Chris Lipscomb. Joining me this week is our resident wrestling mastermind, Colin Barr. Say hello, Colin. Hello. You give bad betting advice. Uh, also with <laughs> us this week is our wrestling historian, Peter Chapman. Say hello, Peter. Hiya. Uh, we, we are all three of us here for once, surprisingly. Uh, we managed to drag Peter in at the last minute. He wasn't sure he was going to make it, but he did. Hooray! Uh, as you can probably figure out, we are going to talk about WrestleMania today. Uh, last time we talked about WrestleMania before it happened, and now WrestleMania has happened. So let's talk about what happened there. I would like to point out that although I know what happened on it, I haven't watched the pre-show. So, because uh, I was... Four hours is enough wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have... Probably seen clips as a few show but i haven't watched it all yet yeah oh amateurs i did six hours of wrestling you're a monster six hours of wrestling on sunday night and then do you know what i did on monday night i watched raw did you but did you watch it you must have watched it again because i assume mrs c didn't stay up till 4 a.m to watch it well i didn't i fell asleep before the last match before the main event i fell asleep so i didn't see that so then the next night um we watched it like on monday evening we watched Well, she she went to sleep after the Intercontinental match, which was the first yeah, of the night. Yeah, so pretty pretty early. Yeah, so then we I basically watched it again on Monday night, and then watched Raw and saw the um saw the main event for the first time on Monday night, and then watched Raw on Tuesday night. Uh, so I I've, I haven't seen Raw yet. I've seen well, we we'll talk about that later, but I've seen bits of it. Um, so I qu- would have watched the pre-show had my Sky internet not decided to go down to 0.1 meg, which means I had to pay Sky £20 on box office to actually watch the fucking thing. That's terrible. They're so bad. I think that there's a conspiracy going on here. We'll cut the net, we'll cut your internet, so you have to pay us an extra £20. Exactly. Terrible. Maybe I'm just being totally, totally paranoid, but it seems far too, far too convenient. Yeah. So, Peter, as you have actually seen this, uh, can you tell us about the Fatal Four, uh, Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match, where Tyson Kidd and Cesaro retained their tag team titles over the New Day, Los Matadors, and the Usos? Somewhat surprisingly, do you think it was surprising? I think we called the Usos, did we not? In, uh, in uh, I thought the Usos might win. It was obvious that Jay was still injured because he was taken out very early, like the first thing in the match. All right. Cesaro threw him into the barrier. Well, that makes sense. Just get storyline injured his shoulder. The match is yeah. real life injury. Um, so then he was taken out. Um, I mean, taken... I mean, because we kind of picked the users, but also went, but probably like I think we picked the users on. We would like the users to win, but they yeah. are not going to win because Jay is injured. Um, well, he was then led away by medical staff, leaving Jimmy on his own. Oh, poor Jimmy! Match. But Jimmy, he had some good spots. They he did bits where um, he did his like running hip thing, jumping into the corner on all oh, four yeah. corners with four different opponents. That's pretty cool. solid. Yeah. Um, they all had some quite solid spots. Really, it was quite. It wasn't the best match, but it was um, kind of well put together in that they all got to showcase a little bit. Um, and even Los Matadores, who I think are just terrible, they did quite well. I think they. Do quite well as like high flying, but I just don't really like them as a gimmick. Um, and there was a little spot outside with um, Nathy and the bull El Torito. Yeah, um, she put him in the sharpshooter, <laughs> made him tap out. Just are, his, are, his, are his legs long enough to get him in? I just feel like 
it would be awkward to get someone with such short legs into a sharpshooter. Yeah, just about, just about long enough. Um, my wife really doesn't like seeing him getting beaten up because she kind of can't, she just can't consolidate the fact that he's actually a grown man. Yeah, he's a dude. You no, know, she's just not, like he's only little. Don't beat him up. He's not. He's not a child. He's like, no, he's not a child. He's actually quite an accomplished athlete. <laughs> they haven't in just, his own right. Yeah, they haven't just like kidnapped a child and put him in a bull suit. Yeah, but she can. She's just like, no, he's only little. They shouldn't be picking on him. <laughs> um, I mean, I can sort of take her point though. He's still a little dude. There was one point in the match where obviously it was all going a bit weird and everybody was jumping in and jumping out. Um, at yeah. one point in the match, JBL said from the commentary desk. There's no way the referee knows who's legal. And it was like, yep, that's absolutely true. There's yeah. absolutely no way anybody is keeping track of this. Yeah, I, I love when they do that in matches. Like, we're just going to kind of spoil what's going on right here. Here's a little bit of the magic. Yeah. <laughs> but it was solid enough. It was a, a solid enough match. And it was nice to see Cesaro and Kid retain because I think they've got a good long future. Um, and it kind of set up for. The Usos still being their main opponents, really, I think. Yeah. Um, quite notable was the fact that the crowd really not into New Day at all. <laughs> yeah, unsurprisingly. Um, they've started doing this thing where, you know, the New Day do that rhythmic clapping thing or slapping on the ring. Yeah. Beating the, yeah, they've started chanting along to that New Day sucks, which is <laughs> quite inventive. It's, imp- it's impressive that they've, they've, they've managed to work into their gimmick a thing about how much they hate them. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really not getting over at all, that gimmick. No, it's really um, not. Personally, I think it's time that they can that and let those three performers, who are all very adequate performers, try something else because it's just going to end up sinking them. Well, one of them is going to get, if if they get um, dissolved, at least one of the three is going to get future endeavoured because this is like their last shot, you feel. Yeah, maybe. Well, Xavier Woods is still pretty new. Yeah, but he would be my but, pick for the one just to get rid of. Uh, well, I think Big E, maybe. But no. I think Big, Big E's got the advantage that he's a big guy and Vince McMahon is still in charge of the company. True. And he's just like, you're a big guy, you'll be fine. You're just like Ryback. We'll just team you a Ryback. Sorted. <laughs> yeah. I think even, like, I don't know, even if you sent Xavier Woods down to NXT for a few months and then brought him back doing something else, just, like, mm. New Day just isn't working. Yeah. They're They're constantly being pushed as faces and they are so so not getting over with the fans as faces so just, uh, yeah i think it's time just team kofi kingston and our truth together and just let them have a bunch of fun it'd be awesome <laughs> like, i don't know i think they should go back to pretending kofi kingston's mexico or what was he jamaican jamaican yeah and he can do that really bad accent again that's true but i i would just be on board with like just like kofi kingston our truth there's got to be someone else in there who is just willing to have a bit of fun. Let him just have a laugh and you'll be done. Yeah. I really want to see Kofi Kingston come out as a Mexican next week now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> just Kofi yeah. K- 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 Kingston in a luchador mask next week. be amazing. Yeah, to say he's not from Ghana anymore. He's no Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the the other match on uh, this on the pre-show, which was a two-hour pre-show, right? Yeah. Yes. But there was like... 30 minutes of wrestling on it. Yep, they didn't even do the matches. I thought that the tag, the four-way tag match was meant to be in the first hour and the Andre the Giant 
Battle Royal was meant to be in the second hour, but they ended up doing them both in like the last 40 minutes. Oh, so they basically just forgot about them and were like, oh yeah, we scheduled some matches. Yeah, and like, I don't know whose idea it was to stick them up on the roof to do the uh, the pre-match, the pre-show desk was like right up on the roof of the stadium and they, you could hardly hear them for the wind noise. Oh, see, I kind of favoured that when it cuts in later in the show because you didn't get people in the background being dicks. Yeah, true, I suppose. Like you normally get in all the pay-per-views, there's some idiot in like just behind him being like, oh, the TV! Like, yes, you are. Shut up. I'm trying to hear. <laughs> I'm trying to hear Booker T's reasoned opinions on things. <laughs> uh, I keep losing you guys' audio for a few seconds. Oh, do you? Is it yeah. your internet still being shit? No, my internet's fine. Oh. I don't know what's happening, but uh, if if you don't hear me for a while, that's probably why. Okay, yeah, because I can hear you and I can hear Peter fine. Yeah, I can hear everyone so, fine. Just be me then. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, we can restart the call if you want. We try again. No, no. Sorry, right, just keep going. Um, so Big Show won the battle. Yeah, Royal. Big Show was the other one, but Andre the Giant, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, which I was kind of like, well, Big Show. Yeah, I think it, it's more because he's big and he's never won one of these things, and it's about time. Well, he's won the world championship. Is that not enough for him? <sighs> yeah, but he's never won a battle royal, and he's never won you know, like he's never won at the Royal Rumble, and he's never actually won a battle royal, and. He's kind of he's the company's giant at the minute, so it's yeah. I I did kind think of fitting. I was very torn between so it's the photo of him posing with the statue afterwards yeah. in the same pose, yeah. and I was torn between that looking super dumb and kind of like oh it's a nice tributey type thing. Oh I was, yeah, I was kind both, of I, I was kind of like split between like that looks dumb. Why are you doing that big show? And like oh yeah, it's kind of a nice like pass the toy like Andre the Giant was the big guy, and then you've got the big show is now the big guy, but. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, but the other half of me was like, "No, why big show? Don't try and look like Andre the Giant. You're not as cool as Andre the Giant was. Look at. Has anyone seen the size of Andre the Giant's hands? His hands were massive. Your hands aren't that massive. Fuck you. <laughs> for a big show, I too feel sorry for him though. If if his hands were more impressively massive, I'd be on board. But like Andre the Giant's hands were impressively huge, and big shows aren't that impressively huge. They're pretty huge. They're I can not, just imagine not... big show hearing this though and just start crying. <laughs> Oh, you made Bedshaw cry. If only he had bigger <laughs> hands, I wouldn't need to make him cry. Um, yeah, there was somebody a, a roar a couple of weeks ago that was holding up a sign that said "Big Show skips leg day," <laughs> which I thought was quite sad. Oh, um, I, I was slightly surprised, but pretty happy that Damien Misdale was the second to last guy left in. Yeah, and they they managed to fit in the little spot where him and Miz. Fell yeah, out I mean that was that's, that's that's a that was very fine. logical place to put in. I think, like. I kind of thought that was probably going to come at the Rumble, but to have it here made sense as well. Yeah, and I thought that might be the last thing. I think they might have teamed up and got everybody else out, and then he might have done it. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think they needed to do it as the last thing and have Miz now as the winner. So, yeah, it kind of worked okay. There was another few spots in the match that went over quite well. Um, Hideo Itami was in it from NXT. Yeah. He won the tournament to get in, which kind of makes sense considering the... Um, uh, was it Fujinami Takamori? Yeah, I can't remember. It like went into the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. It was quite another big deal. It was kind of made sense to have a Japanese competitor in there. Um, and also, Itami is also awesome. So, And he was yeah. the... He lasted till seventh as well. He was the seventh person eliminated. Yeah, he didn't so do too bad. He, he didn't have any sort of major standout yeah. moments. Um, really, the big standout moment for him was getting eliminated by Big Show, where he just basically picked him up yeah. and threw him over the rope. But I kind of like um, that, that he wasn't just eliminated immediately 
Yeah, no, he definitely wasn't there just to make up the numbers. There were a lot of people there to make up the numbers. I also found it odd that guys who were in the tag match were also in this battle royal. Yeah, because it was kind of strange. Because it kind of felt like this the battle royal is a way of getting competitors into WrestleMania yeah, exactly. when they're not actually in WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and then it just felt like they hadn't realized that they actually don't have such a big roster and they really need to pack this out and yeah. fill it a bit. They're like, oh, fuck, um, we forgot. We, did, we yeah. didn't count people before we did this. I'm trying to think what other moments there were that were interesting. Cesaro threw Kane over the top rope in almost exactly the same way as he threw Big Show over last year. Which is pretty so Cesaro still got his moment, and then Big Show threw Cesaro out in the same way that Big Show was put out last year. Curtis Axel being eliminated first is perfect. Yes, he's often often imitated, never eliminated. Um, <laughs> and now, when he was thrown off in like first, they all ganged up on him. Yeah, and obviously we're now getting ready for extreme rules. Yes, um, I to be fair, like I know it's a it's just a bit of a joke, and he is basically just getting hammered every no, time. No one cares. It's amazing. Near him, it's amazing. I think Curtis Axel's Axelmania stuff is all fantastic. And yeah. if it, they're going to just keep it going with extreme rules, yeah, it's just brilliant. That barely works as a pun. Yeah, I think um, he got beaten by Neville on Raw in like two minutes or something ludicrous. Yes, um, that was nice to see. Actually, I don't know if we're, are we going to talk about Raw. After we'll talk about Raw, Raw later, yeah. But yeah. that that just the fact that he was on Raw and then got beaten by like the debuting NXT guy was. Yeah, I think was, it's great that he keeps coming out and keeps doing it and yeah. just keeps getting embarrassed. But he'll be back next week and do it again. I think it's just yeah. like the optimism of him is brilliant. I hope he um, starts to go a little bit more extreme for extreme rules, like starts walking to the ring with a chair or something. <laughs> I hope he renames every pay-per-view after himself. It's just, like, just going, going if, he, if he can go for the whole year, it'll but, be amazing. What was the next one? Payback. Uh, Packs back. Yeah. <laughs> Paybacks. Paybacks. Maxwell in the bank. Paybacks. Oh, no. Yeah, Paybacks <laughs> is perfect. Oh, uh, Oh, it's been oh. so good. I'm, money I'm in the backs. Money, money in the backs. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, it's just ludicrous, but brilliant. Yeah. Um, there was a moment when Fandango and Adam Rose actually did something worth talking about, oh, which Jesus. is amazing. They both stood on the wrong side of the top rope and oh, both yes. of them they... kicked each other at the same time and fell off. Yes, we got this as two and three and just eliminating each other. It's entertaining that's, enough. That's fantastic. Um... That's about all, I think. I can't think the, of anything there are, more exciting that happened. I'm looking at like the uh, the elimination order, and there's just big swathes of it, of it where it's just like, yeah, Big Show eliminated like seven guys in a row. Yeah, Big Show, he did sort of kind of cut through a lot. And I think Ryback did quite well as well. He hung about for a while, which kind of um, seemed to be obviously setting up their feud. That's yeah, going. yeah. So, yeah, so after, after the pre-show, he went straight into... Uh, I, I thought very impressive. They very quick. Well, we had the weird, for some reason, LL Cool J intro video that I didn't really understand why it was LL Cool J. He's been popping up talking about Mania, hasn't he? Yeah, but I don't... I don't but, but, but why? Uh, I don't know. Just They always have to have a celebrity I, I, just, I just find it odd. It's specifically LL Cool J. Yeah, it it's is just, a bit odd. It's just like LL Cool J was awesome. He was good, but I was just like, okay, is that LL Cool J? They were like, yeah, it's just LL Cool J. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. It's no stranger than having like Snoop Dogg on Raw last week. That was also fairly strange, though. Yeah, but that's the awesome thing, isn't it? That's also, also with, with Snoop Dogg, they're like, here's Snoop Dogg. You're like, cool. With LL Cool J, it's just like, 
we are not going to give you any intro or context. Here is NL Cool J talking about WrestleMania. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like with Snoop Dogg, they make a big deal about the fact it's Snoop Dogg. And with LL Cool J, it's just his LL Cool J narrating a video that he clearly shot on green screen. You're like, all right, cool. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Wearing a little well, hat. from that then into the ladder match. Yeah, so we're straight into the ladder match from that. Which was great. I, there was a, I really enjoyed the ladder match. Yeah, it was a good match. Uh, I, I, the, the standout spot for me, I think, was um, uh, Luke Harper climbing the ladder with Dolph Ziggler, like, having the sleep hold locked in. Yeah. That was probably the biggest spot for me, because it was something I really hadn't seen before in a ladder match. Um, like, I, yeah, I think I have the more popular opinion that yeah. um, Luke Harper putting Ambrose through the ladder... That was, that was up outside I mean, that was, that was a great spot, but you kind of expect to see that spot in the ladder match now. Yeah, but, yeah, but I don't think I've ex- ever seen it like that. Yeah, I didn't expect Ambrose to look like he died during that. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it kind of was, wasn't it? It was like, oh my yeah, God, he's done that. And then he didn't get up. I was like, oh shit, yeah, what's there happened There was here? also, there was the, um, just before that spot, there was the suplex to R-Truth off the ladder, where you look at it on the initial, and you look at it in replay, it's not actually that close, but when I watched it initially, I was like, his head looks very close to that other ladder they're propping up for a spot in a minute. Like, <laughs> it's the where he came down. And when they actually cut to the other angle, he's probably a good, like, foot, two feet away. But even so, I was like, that looks really close and really dangerous. But, it was, yeah, I... One of I, my favourite parts of this match was uh, Stardust bringing out the sparkly ladder. <laughs> that was but weird. Then, like, that not was doing odd. anything with uh, it at all. I, and then, who was it? Was it... Um... Bad News Barrett that kicked one of the rungs off it and started hitting yeah. him with it. Yeah. Yeah, but then that was the end of that ladder. There was like no like actual spot for it. I feel really bad because Stardust had been hyping this thing up all week in yeah. all his interviews and it was just a second of here's the ladder done. Um, I liked, oh, I liked Bad News Barrett hitting the ball hammer on Stardust coming off the top rope. Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat. It was kind of had a almost RKO element to it. Like not as visually impressive. But yeah. it's still a kind of like he's hitting them out of nowhere kind of thing, which was nice. He looked really strong in this match. Yeah, I thought he looked really he good. Uh, just taking out everyone with his bull hammers. It's, it's yeah. so sweet. I love a good striking finishing yeah. move. Uh, I also thought the um, the the finish, the Dolph Ziggler, uh, Daniel Bryan, Fish were just headbutting each other on top of the ladder for like 30 seconds. <laughs> that was a good spot. That just yeah, I thought that was a bit silly, but silly in a way that I can totally get behind. Yeah, well, I I, I kind of like to because they're training stuff and just then when they're just headbutting each other at the same time. For, yeah, <laughs> that's I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Now I love this. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm also a massive fan of Daniel Bryan's little screwed up, trying really hard face that he has. Yes, <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, also, I thought Dolph Ziggler was a hundred percent Dolph Ziggler in this. Like <laughs> taking a taking a huge beating and then sprinting up the ladder to meet Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that yeah, definitely was. I felt that much. I was like, "Oh, that is such a Dolph Ziggler move to take this huge like sell like a champ for like five minutes and then be like, oh, yeah, other spot, cool,' and just run up the ladder like nothing's happened." But I think the the best thing about this match was the way they all came out. I mean, everybody did well in it, even like our truth that I don't like. And yeah, I think. Stardust was maybe buried a little bit, but he had his moments. Like he had yeah, the sparkly true. ladder, he had the big suplex off the um, ladder in the middle. He, I, you know. I felt our, uh, the thing with our truth though was they they kept talking about how he's really afraid of heights, and yeah. you were you were like really expecting a spot playing off of yeah. that, and there wasn't really. No, 
which I thought that was a bit odd. If you're going to keep having that in commentary, keep reinforcing how he's afraid of fights, you've yeah. got to have a spot that plays off that. But it kind of, it set. I think it set up the intercontinental picture for the next few months quite well because all of these competitors seem like they would probably still have, they would still be believable competing for the intercontinental championship. Yeah. Um. So it. I think on, was it on Raw? It might have been on SmackDown uh, that Daniel Bryan faced Dolph Ziggler. Um, Raw. Yeah, it was Raw Monday night. Yeah. Raw. Uh, and I, and... I think that's like a natural place, given they were the last two in it as well. Yeah, that seems like yeah. a natural place for it to go. But they are they, you've got the downside; they're both faces, so you want you kind of need. But Sheamus returned. Yeah, and... Sheamus returned and then beat the crap out of them, didn't he? Yeah, with his stupid hair and no, stupid no, tied up. No, beard. it's fine because he looks like Zangief now. <laughs> he kind of does. If I knew who Zangief was, fine, but I don't, so he looks stupid. Zangief, Zangief's the big Russian dude from Street Fighter. Street Fighter. I've not played Street Fighter. Oh, look him up! Look him up on your computer. He does look like Zangief now. Um, I, f- I thought he looked more like the Red Rooster, but yeah. that's just me. No, he, he, he looks... I was like, I, 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 like I, said, I haven't seen Raw, but I saw a picture of him. I was like, oh, it Rooster. looks looks quite a lot like Zangief now. Um, I, was, I, was, I was just wondering if that was the look he was going for. He's like, yeah, I'll come back and just look like Zangief. Do you know, I have explained this a couple of times in the past, but I have, like, I've caught up with wrestling over the past year or so and been, like, way into it again. But... Before that, I have a huge gap in my knowledge about wrestling. Yes. So I, I have like no prior knowledge really of Wade Barrett and no prior knowledge really of Seamus. Little bits and pieces that you pick up, obviously, mm-hmm. but nothing like I don't really know them. But having seen Raw and having seen Barrett over the past few weeks, I want those two to face each other quite a lot. They are just the right sort of size and shape that they match each other perfectly. Um. So I I think that would be, I think if they're setting that up with him doing the running on Raw, yeah, I think that would be quite a good thing. I think so. Uh, we, and then, like you what, say, obviously, like Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler, yeah. go perfectly together. And I think anybody else from that from that ladder match is still believable in that challenging for that title. Yeah, and I, I, again, I like the, they've got the big guys. They've got Sheamus and Barrett, Luke Harper, who's the same sort of size and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think they they did a a really good job of doing that match and getting it out of the way and doing what they had to do and getting the belt in the right person's hands. Yeah. But setting up the next few months and doing it in a believable way, I was quite impressed with how they did it. And, and the match itself was great. You've also got like Neville coming in now, who potentially could shift into that picture at some point. Um, like I think if you've got a really competitive intercontinental title scene, you you can bring guys from NXT up and kind of shove them into the periphery of that picture. Yeah, and so and it, it doesn't it. even necessarily matter if it's faces versus faces. They can sell it because yeah. the Intercontinental Championship's worth. Uh, and obviously, we're going to get to the US title in a bit, but that as well, we, where John Cena seems to now be off offering open challenges every week, uh, seems yeah. to be his thing. Because he, he did an open challenge on Raw, and then he did an open challenge on SmackDown tapings as well, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, although the open challenge on SmackDown tapings, Rusev came out and accepted it, but accepted it for Extreme Rules. Um, which is a bit odd because Josie was like, "But you can you can fight me right now if you want. It's cool. Like we'll go now." And and uh, Rusev refused and said he wants to make extreme rules. So, hmm. which was an odd what, decision, I think. What I did love about this ladder match is it made total sense for what happened later when Ambrose got murdered. Oh yeah, total sense that he couldn't yeah. keep his promise because yeah. he was about dead. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Um, I also, 
I thought the the backstage scene we had with all the legends coming in and being like, look how important the Intercontinental Championship bit. That was a weird spot. A little bit. For me, well, I suppose maybe it would have lost impact later. They had, like, Razor Ramon there. Yeah. They had, well, I mean, even they had Shawn Michaels there. Yeah. But I suppose it would have detracted impact from later on in the evening. Yes. Instead of I, don't, I don't think you want to do that, like, bring them out. But I, I just kind of thought it was odd to, to have them all, and then chanting yes as well. Yeah. And then to have Ron uh, come out and... Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons and do his, damn! That was a weird... That was just a very odd segment backstage. Um, yeah. Because there were only a couple of segments, but the segments that they were felt very Raw-like in their quality. Yeah. It was just like, this could be an episode of Raw and no one would care. <laughs> and now it's on WrestleMania and still nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, that was just a very odd moment. Um, next up, we had the Randy orton Sephiroth match. I thought this was a hell of a match. I thought this was not quite as good as it has the potential to be. Oh, see, I really liked it. And I think that if these two happen, as often does, I mean, apparently the pay-per-view after WrestleMania is quite often just booked as, well, the WrestleMania matches again then. Yes, that's very true. Um, But with Extreme Rules somehow, if they do some kind of extreme stipulation on this match for Extreme Rules, I think that they could do a much better job than they did at WrestleMania. And that's not to say it was a bad match, because it wasn't. It was fine. It was, like, it was good. But I think that those two have the potential to be absolutely excellent together yeah yeah it was a real good match but if you give this five more minutes yeah like, I, I agree still on the show still on the show but it was still really really good uh really nice spots with jj as well and then that finish at the end was just that finish is unbelievable that yeah, was a, I, just I, a great finish i don't think i've ever seen a better rko i the thing is i had seen that um on uh WWE's Facebook page, like because they they're really bad at putting up spoiler videos. It's terrible. Uh, but I so I'd seen that, and then even in uh, and was like, oh, that looks amazing. And then saw it in context, and it blew me away way further. Like seeing it as part of the match, it's just that it's a great spot. I think for me, the biggest problem I had with this match was there was really there was two issues. The first one was that the commentators. Um, sold it as a sort of a um, like the end of Orton and the beginning of Rollins. It was like a like he was yeah. Rollins was becoming what Orton once was, and then obviously Rollins lost. So is, does yes, that say that Rollins weird. isn't ready? Yeah, is that like how does that work? I think events later in the night indicate he might be ready. Yeah, um, and then also it wasn't really the culmination of the feud because that already happened a couple of weeks ago on Raw when Orton beat the shit out of Rollins. Yeah, I think he'd already got revenge. This was just like a match at the end. Yeah, that was my problem when I seen that segment. It was like they gave away the finish yeah. on TV three weeks before the match happened. But like uh, Orton shouldn't have really got his hands on Rollins until now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my problem with this match was the pretty much like, I don't think it was from a video package or if it was from the commentators, but they said the thing about the future is there is always another one. I was like, that is a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really make I know, sense. I was like, there's, I, there's not multiple futures. Yeah, I can't it's, really it's argue with that. It's because but... they keep talking about like how each of them is the... Well, Randy Orton was the future, and now uh, now Sephiroth is the future. 
And I, that's, that's, that's not how the future works. I also, the future isn't like a fucking title belt that you can give to a guy <laughs> and just be like, this guy, he is the future now. It's well, ju- if that's said, the future always changes. Yes, that's fine. Fair enough. That would be you perfect. You can change the future. Fine. Not that there's but you multiple can't be like, futures. There's always another future. It was just we'll a, see which one happens. Yeah, it's a weird sentence. It's just a fucking weird sentence. I was like, this is a weird sentence, both in terms of what you are going for and just the grammar of it and everything about it was odd. Uh, so that, that was the only thing that really bugged me about that match. I thought the rest of the match was actually fantastic. Um, and even though I knew they weren't going to let him, I was shouting at the TV for Randy Orton to punt Sephiroth in the head. I was like, yeah. they're, not, they're never going to let Randy Orton punt someone ever again. But I was like, just punt him in the fucking head. Sephiroth <laughs> deserves it. Punt him in the head. Oh, they're, they're never going to let anyone, because they won't let him take unprotected headshots anymore, but they're never going to let him do it. And also, it's crazy dangerous. Uh, they did it the Big Show once, but since then, nobody's been allowed to. Yeah, it's because it, it's it's it is ludicrously dangerous as a spot. And the first time he did it, he legitimately booted Vince in the head and gave him a concussion. Yeah. So it's probably set a bad precedent yeah, for it, that. Yeah, it is like a ridiculously dangerous spot. Uh, and there is so much that can go wrong, and there is not a lot of ways to kind of manage it safely. Well, you either go really close to the guy's head and risk hitting him, or you do what he did to John Cena and miss by about a foot, and yeah. everyone boos you because yeah. it looks like shit. Yeah, so. exactly. So, uh, yeah. right. Um, but I, I, although I agree with your point about it being a slight confusing message, Peter, I do, I did like Randy Orton winning it. It made me happy. Yeah, oh, I'm happy Orton won it because yeah. because of what happens later. Yeah, and it's a classic Money in the Bank script. Yes, as well. absolutely. Um, but th- this match and the um, uh, the uh, Undertaker Bray Wyatt match as well. Both these were the two matches that made me like uh, massively mark out at the endings. Mm. Just because the the endings were just like they felt like a big um, culmination. They felt like just this huge relief of pressure. Um, so that maybe that just kind of really pleased me. Uh, but Triple H and Sting was next up. Uh, I thought this was a great match. With I was really surprised by the amount of cameos we had by just <laughs> having that all of DX come out and then the NWO come out as the slowest guys ever. <laughs> like the NWO ran out. Uh, sorry, the DX ran out, and the NWO were like, "We can't run. Don't do running yeah. anymore. This is <laughs> this is the fastest we can move." Again, this is another case of being completely batshit mental, but in a way that I can totally. It was just insane. Also, that like before we get to any of that, both entrances were so weird. The Sting one just was really, really didn't get that in any way, shape, or form. But the no. Triple H one, I thought, was cool, but it would have been better if it was at night time and you couldn't see that the, the skeletons were made of like paper mache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, he just had the, like, the cheapest, most like tacky-looking silver paint on yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I also so think the, the Triple H one wasn't as good as his entrance last year. No. No. Uh, but... I, I thought, like, compared to other people's entrances, yes, it was very good. But compared to, like, previous entrances he has done, I thought it was quite weak compared to his previous ones. Yeah, and for the money that they must have spent on it. Yeah. It all looked a bit, like, exactly. amateur. Yeah. So I just felt, I thought that was cool. and they were kind of saying that they were they were because of it being much more exposed um like the their head I think it's the headset build or something 
were saying they were having kind of trouble designing how they wanted stuff to go because obviously normally if you're an arena or something you've got a backstage but you haven't got a backstage here um mm-hmm. which they said they were made that made it much trickier uh and also it being in the daytime and stuff like that where you can't control the lighting etc yeah. yeah i thought um, that a few times when i was watching it yeah uh, they're just saying i bet they really wished that it had they can just control the lights at all the time. To- at all times. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I tweeted at the time, like when's Undertaker going to make his entrance? And even the Sting entrance, it felt weird at daytime. Yeah, yeah. well, you were saying this as well, Peter, that it didn't really work in the daylight. It would have worked much better if it had been night. Yeah, if it had been night or just dark, generally it would have worked. But yeah. that's, I guess, that's the problem with having everything on the West Coast. Yeah, um, you but can't really delay the start time too late. Otherwise, it's going to start at like six o'clock in the morning. Well, it's here. it's all right if you have it in like a a dome or in yeah, a yeah. dome stadium. But yeah, picking an open stadium is going to well, they did be difficult. I noticed quite a smart thing when um, Taker came out for. And I know I'm skipping ahead a bit, but when the Undertaker came out on his first the first gong of his music it showed Bray Wyatt's face and it cut to a shot of Bray Wyatt's face and they turned the sensitivity of the camera down so it looked darker. Yes. Mm. Um, um, which was quite a clever way of doing it, but it still, like, it was still obviously not nighttime. No, I also thought yeah. it was very, I also thought the thing that was smart about the entrance was um, moving the camera through the smoke. Yeah. Because that kind of gives you, it, it gives you that similar effect. It's like, all right, we can't do darkness, but at least we can obscure it in some way. Like, so you can't see what's going on. Yeah, but we're uh, jumping ahead. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like the, the daylight, like, in the beaming hot sun. Like, Kate gave this first mean quite a cool look. Yeah, it did in a way, I think. Um, like, it like, says it's unique, but then you got to the end where the final match and it got dark and you seen the red light and then it, it looked super sweet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but so, I, I think what I would say about the light was it worked during matches but like for entrances it just made me if you tried to do any kind of cinematic entrance it didn't really work um so yeah so we this match i mean there were so many great spots in this there was um we had sting like no selling the what's that the knee raise move i don't know what it's actually called but you, oh, you, like, Triple H is like knee buster thing, but it's not. A yeah, knee, it's not like a that. knee lift, knee yeah. drop, something like that. We're just it? Sting completely no selling it. That was amazing. Yeah. Um, and Triple H just looking around in shock. Uh, that was fantastic. There was just so so many little bits in it that really culminated. But I I think um, DX coming in was great, and just Sting beating the living crap out of DX. Without like without breaking a sweat, just quite happily taking him all out, uh, and doing a top rope dive. Yes, that was awesome. Yes. Everything you see Sting do that to DX. Can we say Sting for a guy who is fifty six is in ridiculously good shape? Yep, I thought he looked brilliant this match. Yeah, the match, match started like a good wrestling match. It was going quite well, then it just went absolutely mental. Yeah, it's like here's the X, and then the NWO, and then Shawn Michaels has just appeared from somewhere. Um, yeah, Shawn Michaels just like, yeah, just was he under the ring? Sure, yeah, Shawn Michaels doesn't get entrance; he just appears in the ring and in music's him. Um, that was great. And then I love, uh, I, I think my favorite spot was just kind of the two sides handing each of them their signature weapon, like yeah. Triple H getting his sledgehammer, and then Scott Hall being like, "Oh yeah, I got a ba- do you want this baseball bat thing? I got a baseball bat," and just kind of <laughs> offering it to him really casually. 
uh that was awesome i i do take your point that we were talking about this yesterday peter you on google hangouts and you did kind of make the point that it's a bit odd that the nwo are here with sting given they feuded in wcw for years yeah you kind of have to suspend your disbelief a little bit yeah and also um, the whole thing that these were like wwe got what well, wwf at the time guys coming into wcw and invading wcw was kind of their, their thing. yeah you f- see for me and it might just be because i'm currently watching every pay-per-view that wwe has ever made on the network <laughs> Chronologically, yeah. <laughs> I'm up to WrestleMania 12. Are you, are so you not me, alternating it with WCW pay per views? You've got to be doing no, that. Just no, I'm we- going to go back and do that. Weaving them into the narrative. <laughs> I'm going to go back and do that separately. Um, so for me, when NWO came out, it was Hulk Hogan, who is WWF's biggest star ever. Yeah. And it was Diesel and it was Razor Ramon. They were three WWE stars. Yeah, exactly. Um, even though at the time, during the Monday Night Wars, they were the outsiders and yeah. big, dumb Hollywood Hogan. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say, I was, was kind of like, weird. I actually really watched WCW before I watched WWF, because WCW used to be on like, fucking, I think it was on QVC after QVC stopped, or something <laughs> mental like that on Sky. Um, like, Cartoon so, Network as it was, well. Yeah, that was it, it was on Cartoon Network, that's why I watched it. I knew it, it was, was like, on TNT for a long time. Yeah, right? yeah. but it was, I knew it was on something after, well it was obviously it was going to be on TNT, it kind of makes sense, but in the UK it was on Cartoon Network. Um, no, no. When I watched it, I watched it on TNT. And at that time, TNT was it only showed classic movies. Oh, so okay. it was like where, where, like where Eagles Dare, and then <laughs> after that, WCW. <laughs> what the fuck is going no, on? But yeah, it, used to, it definitely used to be on Cartoon Network because uh, we had Sky. And yeah, I remember watching one night just being up late, and it started cutting from Cartoon Network. It was like, I guess here's WCW now, All right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was it's your I love Peter's description of what TNT was because it's kind of what challenges now. You've got Bullseye and uh, yes. Blankety Blank leading into TNA. Uh, yeah, it's TNA. Okay. <laughs> Why My grand sometimes TNA? used to watch it because it would come on after Bullseye and then suddenly his TNA coming on with Sting busted open <laughs> as the first scene. And your grand's just like, all right, I'll watch this. Yeah, <laughs> see what's going to happen. Um, yeah, but. So, because so, I'd watched WCW first, the um, that's kind of NWO. I kind of watched, started watching it maybe like the week or the week after they first came in, like just coincidentally, um, and uh, just these guys coming in. And I remember thinking how awesome they were, but I didn't know their WWF links at the time because they obviously weren't allowed to refer to any of that. Yeah. Uh, but I just remember thinking how amazing they were, and just being like, "Oh, look at these guys! They're so cool coming in." It's like. Just weird guys who don't—they're just coming to break it all down, coming to fuck it all up. Awesome. Yeah, and I think the—I mean—the commentators sold them okay at that time. They yeah, made it known they that did. they were known because I didn't know them from WWF when they appeared. Either. Yeah, I watched WCW because it was all the old dudes that I used to watch on WWF, <laughs> plus Lex Luger and Sting that I used to watch on WCW in yeah. like 1992. Um, so I—I I didn't really know Diesel and Razor Ramon. F- at that time when they yeah, appeared, yeah. but it was made obvious by the commentators that I was supposed to know them. Yeah, but I, I just kind of love that they were like, here are these outsider guys. I think that's what made it cool to me is that they were like not part of the whole thing. Like they they weren't part of the show was what made it cool to me. Or they were like being billed as not being part of the show. Yeah, and they obviously they're just coming out and not giving a shit and like roughing up Eric Bischoff and stuff. At yeah, the announce desk. Yeah, it's great. It was fairly obvious that we were supposed to know who they were and they weren't mm. the good guys. Uh, but anyway, the whole point is, yeah, it was a bit odd seeing all that 
come out, but it was cool. It, it was strange as well because the build wasn't WCW versus WWE. And well, it, was, it, was like, it just seemed like they went, ah, fuck it, let's just do it. There, there, was like, there was like a little bit of that, but not a lot. There was a little bit, but then the, the week previously, Sting said, obviously I'm not fighting for WCW, that would be ridiculous at this point. <laughs> yes. And then a week later, okay, so let's just go ridiculous, shall we? Uh, but what I was thinking as well is they were like, oh, this is the, the biggest star in WCW versus the biggest star in WWE. I was like, well, no, because we had that when we had Rock versus Goldberg. That was the actual yeah. face-off. Like, the two huge megastars were yeah. Rock and Goldberg. At the time. At the time. versus Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. And if you wanted, when Hogan was in the NWO still. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you wanted it to be like legacy versus legacy, then Sting should have been fighting against The Undertaker. Yeah, something like that. It would th- there were so many more of like so many more obvious ways to take it than Triple H, I think. I saw being, a like, really cool picture actually. Somebody tweeted, just some random person tweeted and then it got picked up and shared. Oh, was it that, was it the I haven't seen it, but is it Sting and the Undertaker just like hanging out? Yeah, at the airport on the way home. Yeah. Just Sting and the Undertaker standing talking to each other. <laughs> I hate to find that picture because it does sound great. Just singing and just chilling. Uh, but I, I think Triple H winning was an odd move for me. Um, before we before we get to that, I just want to say I loved uh, Sting breaking the sledgehammer in half of his baseball bat. Yeah, that was a great. And also, I, I love how intimidated Triple H is by that baseball bat. Yeah, it's like it's not a fucking shotgun. Yeah, Yo, but... you're a big guy. Grab the other end of it. Also, you have a fucking sledgehammer. It's not like you've got no defense <laughs> against this, but yeah. you've got a sledgehammer. You're probably going to be fine. I mean, obviously yeah. you were. It turned out that the baseball bat was way more powerful than the sledgehammer, apparently. But... Yeah, Sting's baseball bat has supernatural power. <laughs> it, it shattered that sledgehammer in half like it was butter. It just it cut through it. <laughs> it was just like, okay. I'll go. It's like that's not a baseball bat. That's a fucking lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I, I did. I did like the finish with um, Triple H kind of coming back with it. Uh, it was just the head of it. Also, they didn't really mention it was no DQ until they bought weapons yeah, in. <laughs> until, they like, the, <laughs> until, they, until they were like, I guess here's weapons. By the way, it's yeah. no DQ. And that like, was the moment for me when they were walking, <laughs> somebody was walking towards the ring and the commentator and the announcer said, this is a no disqualification match. And I was like, all oh, right, so there's going to be run-ins then, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah that, that, much was, that much was just bonkers. I it didn't was... really get Triple H winning either, though. No, it was just... this thing's last match. What does it matter if he if he beats Triple H? It's what? not. It's, it's not because not because no. because as you were saying, Peter, to me during the handshake, yeah, there's Triple H going to Sting. Do you want this? Like, yeah, Triple H seemed they shook hands at the end of the match, which was, was weird. Like that Sting's was very odd. Shouldn't have done that, but that was no, just no. a bit strange. But they shook hands, and it really looks like Sting, like Triple H, is saying to Sting. Like something like yes, if you really want this, and Sting nods, and then he's like, "Okay, yeah." Like, are they doing a business deal? Is this a contract <laughs> signing after this, a match at WrestleMania? This is my theory about how Triple H just does all business in WWE. That's <laughs> that's how guys get into NXT. You got to yeah. fight Triple H first, and he's like, "Yeah, right, you're in." Yep, you have to prove you're worthy. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you don't get like regular tryouts at NXT. Your tryout is against Triple H. And he's gonna come <laughs> at you with everything he's got. Uh, it was, you know, I, I, I did think it was a great match just because it was a proper WrestleMania match in that it was yeah. insane. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I know that they're both getting old now, but I think Sting did far better than I expected him to do athletically. Yeah. And Triple H, I think, can still carry a match. I mean, it's a much slower pace than maybe some other competitors would have, but he can still do it. Yes. It's still believable. Yeah, that's true. 
I will uh, say it does kind of make sense that Triple H won for what happened later if that is setting up a match. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, the the, uh, the other stuff which Triple H was involved, uh, which I've got some odd points about, I'll make it in a minute as well. Uh, but before we get to that, we've got two more matches. We've got AJ Lee and Paige um, beating the Bella Twins. Um, this was... I, would, I thought this was actually a reasonable length. I, I would have liked to have been seen it a little bit longer, but I thought it was a good match. Like they, um, well, considering all the matches were fairly quick. Yeah. They still... I think they got like 12 minutes or something, didn't no, they? No, it was six, six. minutes. Six oh, minutes. really? Six, 6.42. But on the event, that's fairly long for a Divas match. I would like to have seen maybe 10... They've been yeah. getting much longer recently yeah. on Raw as well. Um, but I thought what was good is, I mean, the downside to this was what they booked this as a match rather than a Divas match. Like this felt like it was he had been booked like a normal match. Yep. Um, the downside to that is it proved the fact that the Bellas cannot work. Yep. Because there were just various points where, like AJ Lee was setting up for, I think, for the electric chair drop or something like that. And whichever Bella she climbed on the shoulders on kind of paused for a minute, slightly confused. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like, you're meant to do the thing now. You're not meant to just stand there for a bit. Like, Yeah, well, I think I think it might be quite difficult to work with AJ Lee because she's so small and so fast. Yes. But, so I could kind but of on forgive that if it wasn't but, for the fact that the Bellas are supposed to be the division's yeah. big stars. Well, I, I would also say, apart from the fact that Paige has clearly managed to work fantastic programs with AJ Lee in the past. Well, yes, but I think Paige is a different class. Yeah, that's true. Right. Have you did you not notice how small AJ was compared to seeing Ronda Rousey in the front row ten minutes earlier? Yeah, yeah. that's true. AJ Lee would die within four seconds if she came anywhere yeah. near Ronda. Well, I think it's quite we, I scary. think pretty much anyone would. Yeah, I think that's fair to say of anyone. That, when they had their spot later on, and those there was four of them in the ring, and one of them was Ronda Rousey. I kept thinking. Do you know, she could probably just kill everybody in that ring <laughs> and hardly break a sweat while she did it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the thing that was very evident to me at the beginning of this match is Paige was fucking terrified. Because if you notice, Paige comes out and she is singing along to her theme song, like, under her breath. And yeah. she just looks so incredibly nervous. And I was like, oh, so, and then I did, like, the AJ Lee came out and just gave her a hug. I was like, yeah, I think Paige needed that. I think Paige needed something to be like, it's all right, relax, because this is her first WrestleMania. Yep. Like, she debuted the night after WrestleMania last year, and now she's got a fairly high spot on the card this year. Yep. She's undefeated at WrestleMania, start of a streak, and AJ is now the longest running How WrestleMania many, streak. Two. Two. <laughs> Two and a half. <laughs> Everyone else has lost. Oh, man. She's the longest running active streak, I think, at WrestleMania. Well, 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 well. No, Daniel, well. No, Daniel Bryan must be 2-0, though. Daniel Bryan's Daniel free and oh. Daniel Bryan's free, but if you count two matches last year, he's four. Yeah. Daniel. Um, but he has lost at WrestleMania, I think. He was. Oh yeah. Oh, he, oh, who has never lost at WrestleMania ever? Yeah, oh, he has never. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean like an undefeated streak. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, because that is that is Daniel Bryan's oh, undefeated undefe- streak. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that is Daniel Bryan's like undefeated streak, but he has lost at WrestleMania previous to that streak starting. Yeah. No, I mean we're starting a new Undertaker streak here. AJ yeah. Lee's going to do it. All right. Twenty-two <laughs> and oh. Oh, uh, Lee is going to be old if she goes twenty two and zero. Yeah, it's going to be like the fabulous Moolah, <laughs> <laughs> just like shuffling down to the ring. Yeah, oh, that's going to be weird. I, I, I do like the. I, I think I did see WWE talking about that, like briefly, just being like AJ Lee is now the longest streak. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> uh, 
So but I think they they did quite well. I think predictably AJ Lee and Paige were both fantastic, and yes. the Bellas were trying hard. Also, I like Paige's hair. I like it. It's got blue bits in it. She might have had that for a little bit, but I didn't notice it before. <laughs> no, that was I think that was new. That was another thing that I noticed with WrestleMania was just how many of them had like a new T-shirt or some sort of new ring yeah. attire. Oh, they've obviously just, got made for WrestleMania. Just a bit more sparkly than before. Yeah. yeah. But I like that Paige's hair had blue bits in it. I think it it also made it really cool when she like shook her hair around. For, oh, it's when she went in for her head butt. Like, yeah. Her hair went like, flying. She did it. It looked really cool with the blue bits in it. Um, Right. Rusev's entrance was mental. <laughs> Dude it, came the, in the, a fucking tank. The boy yeah. came out in a tank as the best came, thing I've ever seen came, ever. He came out in a tank to a salute from artillery guns. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. And a platoon of dreadful Russian soldiers that couldn't march. Yes, that was quite funny. They couldn't. Like, I know they're going down a slope, but come on, guys. Yeah. In time, at least. Uh, and then I also thought they did quite a poor job of holding the Russian flag up evenly. Yeah. They, they should have just. I was going to say they should have tried to get some real soldiers in, but I don't think they would have got any real soldiers <laughs> to play Russians. <laughs> that, that they should have just problem. got some real Russian soldiers. Yes. Yeah. Should just, just fight them over. Yeah, she's just fun putting. Uh, can we? I know your army's a bit busy in Ukraine and stuff, but um, <laughs> can we have you. six? Can we have six of them, please? <laughs> and a tank. <laughs> a tank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, 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 I. Well, I was watching this match live. I said on Twitter that the only way John Cena beats this entrance is if he is if he surfs in on the back of an F sixteen, eating a Big Mac, and drinking a bud. <laughs> And that's the only way you're going to outpace you I, at that entrance. Well, I know. I, I actually found the American entrance more patriotic in a like super creepy way. Yeah, just the insidious. Listen to all our presidents. It's <laughs> like this is really weird. This is way weirder than Rusev's entrance. Yeah. Rusev's entrance you will was look quite at this weird. fucking eagle and you will listen to these presidents and you will yeah. feel patriotic. Like, Rusev's entrance was pretty weird. I'll grant you that. But like, uh, Cena's the the promo reel that aired for Cena was way creepier. Yeah, and you, you, there were some like weird tones as well. J, not JBL, um, JFK. J, no, Jerry the King Lawler. Oh yeah, saying things like there's a saying like if you don't like it, leave. It's like fuck's sake, <laughs> yeah, man. That, that, like that's oh, not immigration policy. Come on, <laughs> it, was, it was it was a weird like bit. The Russia America bit is weird, but I kind of came out as being like, I kind of like Rusev more. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of made me like the Russian guy. Yeah, it was really cool. For a start, it was really cool that there was people in like the third row back with Russian flags that weren't getting the head kicked. Yes, in. that was amazing. That I was, was quite nice. I was like, those guys have got balls to yeah. to bring Russian flags. You have got to have massive balls. It was kind of nice that they referred to Rusev as the Bulgarian brute again, and yes, actually said, yeah, he's not really Russian. He's which was nice. He's resides. Kind of it's like residing weeks. in Moscow, but yeah. and hero of the Russian Federation. And the other thing about this match that I liked was that we saw things from both competitors that they don't really do. Rusev did a flying headbutt, which I haven't seen for a that while. That was a good move. I like that. And he also did he did something else. Well, he, oh. oh, he did like the sent on cannonball thing into the corner. Yeah, but I also Rusev coming up for, going up to the top rope made me realize that Rusev's got weird toes. <laughs> I don't like wrestlers that wrestle in their bare feet. I never have. Was... Jimmy Superfly Snooker used to creep me out. Put yeah. some shoes on, man. Well, I think it's because he's got them taped and then just the toes sticking out the end makes it look weird. Oh, yeah. Got that... And even John Cena, who only knows three moves, he did a weird, like, springboard thing off the rope that turned into a Stone Cold Stunner. stunner. <laughs> yeah, the springboard stunner, that was a good move. I really liked it. I hope he works that into his repertoire because I thought it was quite a cool move. 
He's been doing a couple of different things in WrestleMania and then the following evening on Raw. It looks like he's actually trying to like learn how to wrestle. In in the uh, in the most obvious joke, I uh, tweeted that John Cena learned a new move. He must have leveled up. <laughs> the thing oh, is, Cena can actually do it a lot. It just doesn't. Yeah, just doesn't bother. He's, he's Back in the day, he moves. was a pretty sweet wrestler. Yeah, he, but... well, he like when he was he worked programs with Kurt Angle, and he was doing like a lot of proper um, like ground grappling and stuff like that. But he just mm. doesn't do it anymore. Um, it was kind of nice to see as well. A bit of a tangent, but Rusev, this was his debut WrestleMania. Yeah, and how much mm-hmm. money did they spend on his entrance? I know it was cool. That was very. Now, good. That is an investment in. It was probably that... the biggest entrance of the night. I think it was almost. I would say that... certainly. Yeah, I would think that that would probably have cost more than the Sting and Triple H entrances. Yeah. Um, and I think Triple H's entrance was probably paid for by Terminator Genesis and their cross promotion deal. Well, when you consider that only like three guys really got big flashy entrances. Like Sting, Triple H, and uh, so it's four. You had String, Triple H, Rusev, and uh, Bray Wyatt were the only people who got like really big entrances. Yeah. Um, I, Bray I do Wyatt's f- was weird though, wasn't it? I kind of like Bray Wyatt's. It was a little bit Jesus-y, but it was pretty good. Bringing Scarecrows to life. Yeah. Good. It was, it was kind of, I liked it though, but it was creepy. Um, it was nice to see Lana back as well, and it was nice to see that now they've, Obviously, Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental earlier in the evening. John Cena has the US title. So that's both mid-card titles with two sort of big company stars. That kind of raises their prestige a little bit, I think. Yeah. Quite nice. Did it not Did it not feel weird to use that Lana threw a shoe and then it wasn't used at all? <laughs> yeah, she just threw I, a shoe at John Cena. Yeah, I, don't, I, I understand did, I did, why I, she did it. I don't know if she's meant to hit John Cena or... I don't know, but I know she's supposed to, uh, so she falls off the apron and doesn't break her ankles. But yeah. surely someone could have picked up the shoe and hit someone, or just at least looked yeah. at it. I mean, to be fair, she still did twist her ankle in a way, so. Mm. But, yeah, it was that was a weird spot. That was odd. It was a good match, but I, th- I think this was the only match in the card where I was like, oh, well, I know who's going to win. Yeah, it's But true. it was still good. But um, I found... Like you said, I found John Cena's patriotism more annoying than Rusev's. Yeah, I, I really was rooting for Rusev by the end. I was like, yeah. oh, come on, Rusev, I kind of like you. John Cena seems like a bit of a dick with this old American thing. Although, did you see uh, John Cena's interview on Jimmy Kimmel? Yes. No. Because that, that, was, that was cool patriotism. Yeah, John that Cena, was- I, I have this weird conflict because I don't like him wrestling, but I like him every time he talks. Yeah. And like, and that thing he did with Jimmy Kimmel when he was obviously taking the piss out of the whole angle. Yeah, and he was like, I, I go and I go down the Walmart every day and buy a, like a ride-on lawnmower, a, a, a shotgun, a, yeah, a, shotgun. <laughs> a scented candle, <laughs> yes. and a sixteen-pound ham. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Those were his American things to buy. Yeah, I loved it. It was absolutely brilliant. Oh, I, I love that he he talked about Miller as the champagne of beers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, things like that was just it was yeah he he did a great job on Jimmy Kimmel like um being just really self-facing and completely like oh yeah I know this angle is ridiculous in this day and age but don't worry it's fine uh, yeah but it was it's yeah it is a ridiculous angle and it is sort of kind of offensive almost but at least yeah. it shows that the people involved know that it's ridiculous and I uh, I did like that on Raw. Um, that Rusev wants to do the the flag bit and it didn't come down. 
Or was it on Raw? Or was it, it might be on SmackDown. SmackDown. Oh, it's on SmackDown. It Smackdown it's yeah. on SmackDown. So uh, Rusev comes, goes to see the Russian flag bit, and it doesn't work. And John Cena does it, and the American flag comes down instead. <laughs> and so that's that's a nice spot. What I thought was hilarious was Cena got cheered in his entrance, Rusev got booed, but as soon as that bell hit, like the crowd totally switched to supporting Rusev again. Yeah, yep. Cena got booed pretty bad. I don't, I don't think Cena got cheered that loudly in his entrance either. Um, um, Rusev got a lot of booze in his entrance, yeah. and it's like the bell hit, and went, oh, well, fuck Cena. I know he's supporting America, but I really don't like Cena. Um, the roar the following night was like 95% of the crowd, like really seriously booing John Cena. That that crowd for Raw sounds very hostile from what I've heard, though. They were crazy. On one hand, it was brilliant, but on the other hand, it was like, Jesus, how, like that's a really hostile environment to go out and work in. It's because yeah. you can buy it as like a bundle, I think. So you can buy like a WrestleMania and a Raw ticket as like a bundle price. And so you've got a lot of people from WrestleMania who get a Raw ticket as well. Yeah. And they tend to, and the guys who go into WrestleMania tend to be like big marks and stuff. So yeah. you just... It's- Mostly Brit, well, a large percentage is British fans. Yeah, it's, it's like after all. European, so like traditionally is yeah. like British. Yeah, um, British and European generally is tends to have a huge presence there. Because I, yeah. I remember last year there were um, last year's war after WrestleMania. There was loads of football chants breaking out when Bad News Barrett was out there. They're like Preston North End chants breaking out in the <laughs> audience, which was weird. Um. Yeah, the crowd after all was hilarious this year, except from the Divas match where it got a little bit disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably shouldn't chant that at our family show. No, it's not cool. No. Um, but yeah, I think it was kind of obvious that John Cena was going to win. Uh, I, but I think it was still a good match overall. I, I yeah, think good it, match. It, they, they worked well. Uh, I like that John Cena broke the accolade as well, which is yep. cool. And again, they managed to get through this match and not really damage Rusev. No. Yeah, Rusev still goes out of this being. He comes big, out looking quite Rusev. strong, and you, you've got the slight line of distraction for the mm-hmm. loss, and all that kind of stuff really works together to keep him looking very strong. Uh, then we had the massive promo that was too long because The Rock didn't want to talk over the crowd, basically. Yeah, yeah The Rock melted the shit out of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I was like, it was three o'clock in the morning, mate. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Just talk. Yeah, and it kind of the fact that they gave so much time to this spot, this promo was, It was weird. It was like almost annoying because the matches had been cut so short. Yeah, well they they clearly cut um there's clearly meant to be a promo before the Undertaker Bray Wyatt match they just had to cut. But you like you could just feel that there was meant to be something there. Mm. Yeah, it felt like they cut the the main event as well. Yeah. Especially at the end, it felt like it was really cut out. But it's like the Rock. You don't need to be that selfish. You're on. You're on WrestleMania already. Maybe just cut it down a little bit. Yeah, he could have come out. He could have come out and been like, "Yeah, Rocky, 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 cool for like ten seconds," and then just done a funny. The Rock has come back to Santa Clara. Blah 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 blah. Here's Ronda Rousey. Cool. Ronda Rousey's gonna fuck up Stephanie McMahon. Even Steph was like trying to cut the crowds and like. Oh, we know you like him. Come on now, Rock. I think she was like trying to give him a nudge. Like, hurry up. Yeah. 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 He was just, uh, yeah, I think he was a bit too into it because he's, uh, it's because he's not there very often. So he was just a bit, yeah, it was a bit too much. And that, that segment could have just got, they could have got rid of the, if they got rid of the Intercontinental Championship segment and this segment, I wouldn't have begrudged them. They could have easily done this segment on the next night with Ronda and it would have been fine. 
This was yeah. still pretty cool. Ronda Rousey and WWE ring. Very cool. But it, it did just feel a, it just felt a lot like a Raw segment. Like and it, it was easier than the segment on Raw. It's always nice to hear the Rock speak as well because yeah. I know that he did oh, yeah, for like sure. he did milk it a lot. But like yeah. nobody else, ha- nobody else has the balls to go out and say things like you keep talking about the Johnsons and the McMahons, but you wouldn't be in power if it wasn't for McMahon's Johnson. Yeah. Because they know they can't do anything. Like, he knows that they can't. That they can't be like, we're going to spend you. He's like, no, you're yeah, not. Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to tell the rock off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, um, Ronda Rousey saying, any ring I step into is mine. Yeah, that was a good moment. Like, yeah, that's a really cool thing to say. Yeah. I totally believed as well. Ronda Rousey would have murdered probably Everyone. half the WWE Walker. Yeah, oh, quite just, happily. Yeah, just anyone. She would just torn through them if they gave her the chance. Yeah, didn't <laughs> she win? She's won like UFC fights in like 16 seconds and 14 seconds uh, her, 14 seconds her, and her last one was yeah, 12 her, seconds yeah oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's really well, scary the, the, yeah. the official time on the last one was 12 seconds but someone actually clocked it and it's like the last one's 11.2 or something insane like that because the the other woman just charged her and she went why are you charging me armbar and she's just done <laughs> uh so that yeah i i did like run around though i um I thought she was a little bit nervous at first, but yep. she's never been in that situation, so it's completely understandable. Um, like she's yeah, she's, she's about to like do a little bit of acting in front of seventy two thousand people or seventy six thousand yeah, people. Like it, UFC crowds are nothing like that, nowhere close to that. Yeah, and when she and goes into UFC, she's not doing a bit; she's just yeah. like, she's out of work. That's what exactly. She uh, but I, I thought it was a cool segment. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool the way The Rock just went and grabbed her out of the crowd. Rather than her like coming in from a proper entrance or anything, well, I thought the crowd it, were chanting for her before he went. Uh, yeah, it's because the they showed her yeah. earlier in the night. But I still thought it was cool that the Rock was like, "Come here, come on, yeah, like you're my buddy. Come on, Ronda, we're in a film together. Let's do this." So yeah, I, I thought that was pretty sweet. I really like that. Uh, I like I say, I, I, I could would I cut it to be much much shorter or put it on Raw. But I still think the segment overall worked as a cool segment. And yeah, well, they could have just cut down the first half of it when yeah. Rock stood in the ring for like 10 minutes. Yeah, and they could have just the back and forth there as well. Even after we started speaking, back and forth could have been cut much, like cut down significantly. Uh, but it was still good. It was good overall. Uh, I think they've got to at some point, surely. Yeah, because that was that was yeah that that yeah that was the one. It was like Rock versus Brock, but Rock got fucked up in his match against John Cena. So, like, I don't think put, giving it to Brock Lesnar was a great plan. <laughs> um, give, yeah, given that Brock Lesnar is looks like he's going to injure guys who are in the prime of their careers, probably don't feed the Rock to Brock Lesnar. It's just not advisable. Uh, right, we had the Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt. This for me was match of the night. I think hmm. this this was just because uh, I was I was hugely marking out at points in it. I was just so there are bits of it that which made me so happy, uh, and also the the sheer look of shock on the Undertaker's face when Bray Wyatt kicks out of the tombstone. Yeah, was this amazing. was the match that I was most emotionally invested in. Yeah, and yeah, that is definitely mostly that. definitely um, 
because I hadn't seen The Undertaker. It was so smart to keep him off TV. Yeah, it really works, doesn't it? Because they, they, I, they kind of do it every year, but it works. Like, as it was, as the match was happening, Bray Wyatt came out and then The Undertaker's gongs went off. And I was like, like, I had this real sick feeling in my stomach thinking, is he going to come out and is he going to look like a withered little old man? Like, is The Undertaker, is he done? Is this a step too far? And he came out and looked really healthy. And it was like, oh my God, that's like, he looks better than he looked last year. Yeah, he looked he looked incredible actually. He looked in really good shape. For a fifty year old man, he is in some shape. Yeah. He's especially just after how, how everything went down last year and even the year before. Yeah. yeah. He's just he looks incredible. Um and made um, me super happy though. Yeah. yeah. And then like you say, the so like some of the spots that he did were very, very like classic Undertaker. Um, that leg drop on the edge of the ring. Mm-hmm. See, he had me a bit concerned when he was acting like really punch drunk, though. After last year, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, is he fucked up? Shit, don't be, no, don't be hurt, Undertaker. I don't want you to be hurt. I like you. Um, but there was there was also a point where I was watching it, like those those points where he was kind of like just acting. He was clearly selling by the end of the match. Obviously, he was selling, but he was just selling so well that I was like, there was a point where I was just watching like Bray Wyatt just beating up an old man. Don't beat up an old man, bro. Right? That's not cool. And I think yeah. I had the greatest spot of the night in this match where Bray Wyatt is doing his spider. Oh, and down. Just the Undertaker just sits up. And yeah. then just withers away. Bray yeah. Wyatt withers away. Like, collapses. Yeah, it's just like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, uh, that. Spot, that's, that's the spot of the night for me. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I also and, thought... His, um, he had two good counters to Sister Abigail as well. And the choke slam, yeah. Yeah, the choke slam, and then kind of just uh, fighting and pushing him off. It just, they both just worked well. They were both felt very natural. Uh, the choke slam was the better of the two. I think that was cool. But yeah, it was it was brilliant. It was a great Bray match. Wyatt, Bray Wyatt still looked brilliant in this. Yeah, I think he looked it? very good. Uh, but I also really like that he was trading fists with Undertaker, which isn't something we see that often from Bray Wyatt. Like, mm-hmm. just really get into a slugging contest with him was great. But I also think getting into a slugging contest with Undertaker is not a plan of attack for the Undertaker because he's just going to fuck you up at some point. Uh, but it was... It was a fabulous match. Uh, I think they worked well. I think they worked the... Um, there were points where I kind of felt they were working the kind of uh, magical elements into the match a little bit as well. Uh, but I, it, it, it was just this weird kind of feeling of the ebb and flow of the match had this kind of slightly mystical feeling to it to me, but that might just be me being weird. But it, it kind of felt like Bray Wyatt is the king of some kind of undead kingdom and then the Undertaker comes back and rallies to claim it from him. It just, that kind of worked, in my opinion. I think, you, I think you've bought into the storyline a bit. I, much, think, right? I, I, think, <laughs> I think I've I think I've a bit too much. But it, you, people tell stories through matches, and it kind of felt a little bit like that to me at points. Yeah, and I think these two competitors, these two athletes are very good at that. Yeah, they're good at telling they, a story through the match. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, then we had the main event which was technically Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for a bit. For a bit. For a bit. Um, for most of it. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, we'll deal okay. with that, and then we'll deal with the other bit in a minute. Two things. Roman Reigns' ring attire is fucking ridiculous. Yes. It's pretty um, shit, isn't it? Yes. Is it something to do with his wrist wrappings or something that was kept cutting Brock's face? I, I think it was just punching him. 
was cutting Brock's face. Uh, the, the, the legit the, punching him. The first one is he doesn't. The, the, the cut Brock gets at the start of the match is he just doesn't pull a punch. He just right. he just punches. Why would Brock, you against Brock? Yeah, Lesnar. just punches. I think he just punches Brock Lesnar in the face as hard as he can. I did think that as well. I thought like because obviously they talk before they go out to a match. I wonder if Brock Lesnar says, "Look, don't worry about it. Just hit me." Yeah, I think because, Roman Reigns. Seriously, what damage can you do? I think Roman Reigns knew he was going to get his ass kicked and just gave him a few back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the the when Brock Lesnar actually gets bust open, that's not Reigns. That's just he hits the ring post so hard. Oh yeah, the, the big one on his yeah. head. Because there's, have, because there's um, some people saying he's blading. It's like he's no, yeah. he's not. He just no, people he's have assumed blading, but he I just, really don't. Think he just so. hits the ring post that hard. Yeah, like it's it's obvious because he's got no time to cut. But also, I don't think I don't think Reigns is. I don't think that's been a mistake. I don't think Reigns has tripped and pushed him in or pushed him too hard. Or I think Lesnar's basically gone. Fuck it, I'm going to bang my head against the ring post. We're doing this. Yeah, but that sort of happened at Rumble as well, wasn't it? Like. It was a very similar spot where he got busted open there. Yeah, I think he just likes to hit his head into stuff. Yeah. But I don't like he seems to have no fear. He seems to just be like, well, yeah, well. I we'll like that he it. was I like he was bleeding and it just pissed him off more. Yep. What like, I loved was his reasoning for like signing for WWE again was oh, I can't be bored with that training in the UFC and you just get your ass kicked. Yeah. And he goes in the next match and he's cut about four times. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, that did a good job of selling reins, I think, as as being like capable at least yeah but i I also thought like brock lesnar is just he's inhuman it's he's scary it's like we were saying i was talking earlier with you chris we were saying that he's the only one in the wwe who isn't a performer he's a fighter and he goes out and fights and sometimes it looks like dangerous it looks like he's not like those knees that he was giving reigns well i was thinking reigns is gonna have to wake up this morning with some sore ribs because that's Serious impact. Well, it's just when when Brock Lesnar took his gloves off, I was concerned yeah. for Roman Reigns' health. <laughs> I was like, he's, he's going to fucking kill him. Like Reigns has just pissed him off. Now he's going to kill him. Like that what was, was Reigns smiling and yes, laughing that every was, time. That was fantastic. Like that yeah, really it, sells him. What? How many suplexes does it end up? I think thirteen. Oh, who cares? It's Suplex City. <laughs> Suplex, Suplex City, City bitch. bitch. Yeah. Which was <laughs> the wine of the night. Yeah, it was, was just fantastic. Stitches, that that was hilarious. Yeah, but Reigns really took a beating, and I can see what they were going for. They were going for this guy that is earning it. Yeah, because yeah. he's taking this ass kick and he's laughing it off, and he's coming back. And he took that clothesline he took on the apron where he he landed really bad on the edge. Oh fuck, that looked that, brutal. That looked like that'll hurt for a few weeks. Yeah, that was sick. But I did love that spot where like Reigns looks like he's getting back into it, and Brock just grabs his leg. He's <laughs> like, "What? What do you think you're doing here, mate? What? No? All right, clobbered off. There you go." Uh, that was it. Was those two are big competitors? Like they were really going at it, hammer and tongs. I I think it was great. I also think it is absolutely fucking terrifying that it took three Superman punches just to knock Brock Lesnar down. And even then he only went down on his knee, didn't he? he didn't no, no he, he got him all the way down on the third one. He went right. to his back and then he took two spears and kicked out. Like, that's just, well, what are you going to do? That like, was totally believable as well and Reigns like, saw the pepper when he seen that Lesnar was busted on his out on his feet. Yeah. He was looking at his face was like, oh shit. 
apart from I can probably do this now. Yeah. And then after they hit the first one, he was like, Jesus, this guy isn't going to go down, is he? Yeah, he hits, he hits the second one, and then he hits, like, it's like, you see Rain's like, well, for fuck what? All right, I guess again? All right, again, fine. But I did, I did like that he hits him with a spear, and he doesn't go for the pinfall. He just goes and gets to set up another spear. Like, that was, I thought that was a very smart moment for him. That was just intelligent. Just to go, right, one spear is clearly not going to do this. Let's get another one in and try it then. But yeah, he basically hit him with five finishes and did not get the job done. And it was at that point that this turns into a triple threat, which I did not see coming at no, all. No, like, I think we called the cash-in. Oh, yeah, yeah the cash-in was the obvious. It was going to be a cash-in, but, like, not mid-match. But doing it mid-match is so smart. It's so much smarter than doing it post-match because you yep. give yourself more options. You don't disrespect the guy that's just won the belt. Yeah. And you make it... You don't have to have the like unbeatable champion be beaten. Yeah, but I also, I also think from the Seth, from like Seth Rollins' perspective as well, like as a character motivation, it's a really smart heel thing to do because the odds are much better in a triple threat match. Yeah, uh, I can I cannot remember the last time I marked out as much as I did for this. I I I will say I marked out way bigger for the Undertaker winning. I actually just got off oh. my chair and. I got out of my chair and cheered when the Undertaker won. Uh, no, it was it was more of a relief for me for Undertaker. It was like, oh, thank God he won. Uh, but this one, but Sephiroth, I did, I didn't see it coming at all. Like this, it was just a, it was a it, genius. It was abs. And I, it's not even something I think I've ever considered that like that you can cash in at any time includes during another match. Yep. That's just not something that had ever even occurred to me. But it's the same as the the um the old hardcore belt 24-7 rules were. Yeah. Like, you could do that during matches if you wanted, and so it makes perfect sense here that you can cash in during a match, and it just turns into a triple threat. But I think it was it was really clever writing because it solved so many problems. Yes, it did. It was it was very smart. It's like I say, Lesnar didn't get beaten. Yeah. Reigns didn't have to win, and you'd have to deal with the fan reaction of that, regardless. Because yeah. he was getting booed the fuck out of. Yeah. Um, yeah, and on Raw the next night, yeah, too. very much so. Um, it puts the belt back in the hands of somebody who's actually at the company full time and is beatable, and yeah, is beatable, and is really the man who deserves it most for the past year. Yeah, yes. and there's the the one that has been ready when they've been pushing Reigns, who isn't quite ready. Yeah, and you've also got and you've got him positioned naturally with Randy Orton already, and you know that you are comfortable doing like. You know that a Randy Orton, Seth Rollins feud works. You yep. know that those two have already put on a good match earlier in the night. So if you want to, which looks, I think that's what they're doing at Extreme Rules. Well, it opens up the championship. Yeah. It opens up the belt to, now you've got Orton, Reigns and Rollins all interested. Lesnar, obviously the storyline the next night ended up suspended, but is obviously still going to be coming back and still going to be involved in that. Yeah. It just opens everything up a little bit. It, it sort of gets rid of the issue of Lesnar being unbeatable. It yeah. doesn't necessarily put Reigns in the spotlight any more than he has already been pushed into it. It just—it was just so smart. Yeah, I think it just—it just works. If you t- if you add sort of the lessner suspension onto it as well, it solves like every issue they had. The yeah. the only dangling thread is Reigns. It's like, what the fuck do we do with Reigns? And they just seem to take the issue of who cares? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Raw, the main event of Raw. 
the next night. Yeah, so um, let's put him in a six, six man tag match as the stupid mystery, six man tag as match. the mystery partner. Uh, yeah, obviously we hadn't seen him all night, so obviously he's going to be the mystery partner that shows up at the end, and he like he cleaned up the match and won. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're obviously still pushing him, but no one likes him. No, no one likes him at all. Yeah. Well, I'm going to disagree with you there because on Saturday at work, I served a little kid who was buying an RVD figure, and I was talking to him about WrestleMania, and I've never seen like a little kid so much in love with a wrestler before as he was with Roman Reigns. Well, this is it. It's the same as the Cena stuff. Kids love yeah. it. The the kids and the families love it, but us, the hardcore fans, uh, to us, I like Roman Reigns, but yeah. I don't want to see him now. Yeah, so when that's exactly it. I think that the fans will come around because I think that he is good and he does. I mean, he, it's all true. He does have the look and he does have the pedigree, and I think that the fans will come around. But he's just not. He hasn't earned it yet. No. So now they have a chance to let him earn it. That's why that match is perfect. He was earning it. He was taking the ass kicking yeah. that he's yeah. never had before. He's he, Going through yeah, that's very true. But when Seth Rollins had that curve stump on him, I genuinely marked out and started shouting. And my sister phoned me from her bedroom asking if I was okay, why am I screaming? And I had <laughs> to explain I... to her that Seth Rollins had just won the world title. And she was ah, oh, all right, can you go and get me some iron brew? <laughs> <laughs> You've just woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. I, uh, I, I also, the thing I did think was rather odd is that he comes in takes Reigns out, and then kicks Reigns out of the ring. I was like, no, kick Lesnar out of the ring. Why are you kicking Reigns out of the ring? You can beat Reigns. Well, that's the other thing, is that the the finishing spot, they let him give the curb stomp to Lesnar. Yeah. And Lesnar got back up. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was terrifying. Again, that was just Brock Lesnar being terrifying. He's like, curb stomps Lesnar, he's like, uh, I guess? Alright, well, what next? Up. <laughs> Yeah, he's oh man, Lesnar, and let's just talk about Lesnar next night on Raw. Yeah. Oh my god, it was Michael Cole. It, it was Nexus. It was Nexus all over again, but better because it was one guy. And Michael Cole actually got hit this time. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, uh, poor Michael Cole. He probably turned up for work today, right? WrestleMania was quite good. We did quite a good job last night. Yeah. Holy fuck! What are you doing to me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he didn't, like, he he really did do that to him, didn't he? It wasn't yeah. like Michael Cole, he didn't he didn't land gracefully. He didn't, he lost a shoe. Yeah, he <laughs> flew off. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, poor Michael Cole. Yeah, and the, uh, the best thing about it, like, they were still, they, they, they carried on for a long time. And at one point, I was watching it with my wife, and at one point, it was like an hour later, and Byron Saxton and Jerry the King Lawler were out doing the, Present, present, or the commentary, yeah, the commentary because Lesnar flipped the desk over on Booker T and JBL and they were out talking. I was like, why don't they just turn that desk down? I was driving me crazy. My my wife says, they can't turn that over. Booker T's still under there. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let Booker T out, just keep the desk down. (laughs) Yeah, like if they moved the desk, that was going to be it. They were going to like open up the bleeding and he was going to bleed out. <laughs> it's like, no, they can't move that. Booker T's still under there. Uh, oh, the, 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 the implication they've just left, left Booker T and JBL under the desk. Yeah, it's just like, fuck them. Oh, it. It's probably fine. Yeah, paramedics have taken Michael Cole away. That weird cameraman, they've taken him away, but fuck them. They can cope with it themselves. Ex wrestlers. 
do, do you know what this actually made me realise? That commentary isn't that easy because Byron Saxton was atrocious. He was, bless him. But to be fair, they sent him out on his own for like half an hour. They didn't even speak loud enough to hear him. Well, yeah. You know, that's not the sort of job you can do when you're just talking to yourself. Yeah. And then they sent out Jerry Lawler, who, frankly, nobody wants to talk to. To be honest, I was so glad when Ken came out because it was just, it was the drizzling shits with Byron <laughs> Saxton and commentary. He they really should, did need they, somebody to work with. They should yeah. have just rung Joey Styles up. They're like, Joey Styles, you used to do this by yourself all the time. Get over here. Yeah. Well, Larry Zbysko was there, wasn't he? He used to do WCWs. Yeah. Yeah. Although... Well, why, why didn't they just send King out to start with? Yeah, yeah that's a bit odd. Why did it they was... leave Byron Saxton out there for an hour when he clearly couldn't do anything right? It definitely did feel like they'd sent him out and then they'd gone, oh, shit, this isn't working. Quick. Who have yeah. we got? Send King and Corey Graves. Corey Graves does a pretty good job when he's commentating on NXT. He yep. was probably there as well. Yeah. Yep. And Tom Phillips was probably there too. And Renee Young was there. Renee Young. Yeah, they were all fine. Just v- Vince was even probably there. In, in <laughs> fact, the guy they sent out is the one guy who is not regularly doing commentary. Doesn't he do commentary on SmackDown, I guess? Yeah. yeah. But he's, I don't watch SmackDown. He's, I hear he's not great there. No. No, he's not yeah, really but great yeah, anyway, if, you, if you If King is there, you might as well just... Because that's the SmackDown commentary team, right? It's Byron Saxton and King. Yep. And so just, cool. se- just send yeah. them out, but just send them out like, oh, we've got the SmackDown commentary team in instead. Cool. Are I they... would have rather had Vince out there. <laughs> would have what been a maneuver! <laughs> that was a worst Vince impression then, ever. It was but... awful. But, they, but you yeah. Can... <laughs> just send them out and then have Brock Lesnar come out and take out Byron Saxton again. Just be like, all right, here's another one. I was, I was, do you know what? I was watching the film night like Brock is just going to come out and kill the new commentary team. <laughs> that could just be his gimmick. Like, they're not having commentators anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Until I get my title can, match, it, no more talking. It could be like, you remember when uh, when Michael Cole like put himself in that uh, bulletproof like Lex and Case <laughs> thing? Yeah. Just the, the commentary team have to be wrapped up in one of those now. <laughs> Otherwise, Brock Lesnar's just going to take him out. Um, the other thing that was a bit of an issue about this whole thing is that the storyline they kept saying what had happened to Michael Cole was that he had a cervical fracture. Yeah, that was a... Mm. Which is really worrying. And I was reading today, like a Mexican wrestler died with that like a week ago. Yeah, that was the guy we co- I briefly mentioned on the previous podcast. Um, the, the, a guy who was in a match with Rey Mysterio. And yeah. it wasn't Rey Mysterio's fault. We'd like to make that clear. It's clearly not Rey Mysterio's fault. You've heard... Like, several wrestlers have come out in back in Rey Mysterio and was like, no, Rey Mysterio does everything exactly right. It's just a freak accident. Yeah. But, yeah, to to use a injury that has recently killed a guy, no, you did bad Not there. Not cool. That was a bad move. Yeah, but... Uh, I, I mean, to be fair, it's the kind of thing that is an easy oversight as well, though. They're just... Well, they, yeah, they, but, they, I mean, they've... They're, they're also there in San Jose. You know, they're in a city with a lot of Mexican population oh yeah no i'm not saying it's i'm not saying it is acceptable i just think it's something that was like it was just an oversight it was i think yeah i think it obviously was an oversight yeah, it's, and it's and I, also I it, it's a relative like because they probably had something like that scripted for weeks yeah you know yeah. they probably had it being like oh it's gonna be this like i just think somebody should have caught it yeah or they've, or they've just asked like their doctor, or oh, what would be the kind of thing you could get from this? And he's gone, yeah. 
X, and they've gone cool, great. And he's gone, shut up. I'm a bit preoccupied at the minute with my legal action against CM Punk. Yes. <laughs> Stop asking me stupid questions. <laughs> Do you imagine he's doing that like during during shows? I would just, imagine so. Just, he's like, filling out forms. Just filling out forms at ringside, just with with latex gloves on, just signing paperwork. That's why you don't see him anymore. You don't see that doctor anymore. You no. always see the big bald guy. Oh, that's instead. true. AJ comes in after a match. Oh, hold on a minute, I'm filling out this this little sheet to get two million dollars <laughs> off of you. <laughs> yeah. But why didn't they just give Michael Cole a broken ankle? His shoe fell off. That's a, <laughs> a it's a visual like oh his shoe fell off. His oh, that ankle's was broken. Just that big splattering <laughs> impact and his shoe flies up in the air. Have it's you like seen, a cartoon. Have you seen the um the like um the the mem that's going around where it's like Michael Cole is dead thing where it's just a picture of his shoe? It's like the tribute yeah. photo. <laughs> it's like Michael Cole, like nineteen whatever to twenty fifteen, and that made me laugh quite a lot. It's just, it's just a picture of shoe. Is how it's remembered. It's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was what else was there at Raw then the next night? There was the Divas match again. Yeah. Um, which Naomi pinned Nikki. It was like a three, uh, three man tag or three woman tag. And Naomi was on a team with Paige and AJ, and she pinned Nikki. So now AJ made a tap out, and Naomi has pinned her in successive nights. So that looks like the women's division is opening up as well. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Which is nice. And they all had decent enough spots in that match. That match went a bit longer as well than matches have for a little while. They seem to be giving the Divas a bit more time. Um, Natalia Hart, what is her costume? It looks like she's been out and rented 50 shades she's got this weird like dominatrix costume it's a bit weird that is a bit weird um what other matches were there we've already talked kind of about the um shameless running thing haven't we that was a decent match though ziggler and brian uh yeah yeah it's it's i think it's good to have Seamus back though he shakes things up again I think they they've done a good job of kind of shaking stuff up. Also, I was because I meant to mention this. Raw drew ludicrous numbers. Oh really? It, it? it Raw drew a twenty eight percent share of the audience, <laughs> uh, and it was the figures were in the five point six to five point eight million viewers range, which is literally the best since uh, Raw one thousand in July of twenty twelve. Oh, so That's, yeah, it's Impressive. it's ab- absolutely huge. With uh, and Brock Lesnar was the peak of the show. Um, I also they they seem to quite a lot when I look at the figures. It does seem to be quite a lot that they peak at the two hour mark, which does seem to be an indication that maybe they should just get rid of that third hour. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's good. I think they they've got stuff set up nicely to go forwards now. They've kind of sometimes it feels after WrestleMania that they they feel a little bit lost. Mm-hmm. But they've really—it really feels like this is flowing naturally into the next phase of stuff. Uh, I've got like... some bad news for you. I'm back of this. Oh, well, is it about bad news, Barrett? No, oh. I've just read that CJ Barker has been released from NXT. Oh, yeah. but he was like a good jobber. I read that yeah. earlier too. That's just um, made me sad. Apparently, all very amicable, but he hasn't won a match since like July 2014. But, but now, who will care about the environment? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody now will who? care about the environment. Oh, man. Um, I think, it, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me because they are packing that roster out with 
like new stars. Uh, um, I did. I did. Love, have you seen the Fabius video, which was uh, Stephanie live streaming the huge NXT show they had before WrestleMania? Uh, and mm. there's, a, there's a bit of it where Triple H comes up to her and she's like, "Come be in my video. Come be in my video." Uh, and so he, he talks a little bit about like how cool NXT. Uh, he's just like, she's like, "This is great, isn't it?" He's like, "Yeah, it's NXT. NXT is awesome." Um, and then something happens in the ring, and he smirks. And he just goes, "Dead and mental, my ass." It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's that nicely encapsulates his views on NXT. Like, this is not a developmental territory. This is the next territory. This is their next true brand, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I think NXT. They've just haven't they just announced that they'll be doing their special shows more often as well. No, they they've they've come back on that to quarterly. Oh, which really? I think is good. I would not want them to be every month. I think having them quarterly works better. I wouldn't mind seeing them go to three hours for the big shows and maybe doing two hours for their regular shows. No, I like it an hour. I like it an hour. It keeps it feeling high-paced. Yeah, so do I. I yeah, I do like an hour. But the NXT show the on the Wednesday night before WrestleMania had two matches in it. Yeah, I, I do take mm. your point there. Um and I think maybe they need to be willing to go to two hours as like semi specials more regularly or something like that. I think they could they could have also justified doing a special immediately before WrestleMania, although they probably didn't want to do what happened at TLC and accidentally detract from the pay per view. Yeah. Um, but I I I do think they could justify maybe going to two hours like that a little bit more regularly. But on the other hand, I I would rather it stays an hour. I think it keeps it feeling high-paced. It keeps yeah. the matches feeling much snappier because there's no time to waste. You don't get stupid in-ring segments because there's no time for them. Like, it just really works at, I think, at its current length, in my opinion. Yeah. And um, I think that the Raw showing showed how popular NXT is because that was... Yeah. I mean, they, obviously, like, Avian Neville showed up, although they've lost his first name somewhere along the way. I don't know why. Because um, Neville is, doesn't make him sound cool. And he was... Yeah, no, Neville's like... Neville's not... Cool. That's not a cool name. Like, I mean, Adrian um, Adrian Neville is not a cool name anyway. But like, no, but if you had to, if you you were going to cut him down to just having one name, you Adrian. would pick Adrian. Yeah, but even like, though like that's not great. But although Adrian Neville isn't a cool name, it works as like oh, okay, that's just his name. Yeah, but like Neville does not just work. That's terrible. No. Um, but he came out and did well. Um, yeah. Callisto was fantastic in yeah. his match. There was NXT chants all night. Um, they chanted, let's see, they chanted for, um, well, Sami Zayn. They did the Olay chants for Sami Zayn a few times. Yeah. They chanted, um, how you doing, which is Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy's yeah, thing. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, apparently even CJ Parker got chants. Weird. Weird. That's very odd. Um yeah, it was just like all over the place. But I, I think on the other hand, obviously like, massive NXT fans. The, the post WrestleMania crowd is a very different crowd to your yeah. average show, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but I, I think it what it does is give them a good because they're on TV. It gives them a good sort of showing. Which yes, that's very true. I think that maybe WWE themselves have missed opportunities in that regard a few times when they could have shown off NXT a little bit better, and they haven't. And now the crowd's doing it for them. Yeah, that's true. Which is awesome to see. I mean, uh, really, like the the Raw after WrestleMania, and it seemed like it was an NXT showcase with just how popular. Like Neville was, he had the moment of the night doing the Red Arrow, I think. Um, 
Callisto had a fantastic match. I just think that they really showed themselves. They, it was a really strong showing for NXT, and obviously the crowd appreciating them plays a big part of that. But it was good to see that going on TV, and hopefully people will then tune into NXT because didn't they announce network figures? And you were saying the network figures are way up again. Network figures are now one point three million. So that's what two hundred thousand since the end of Royal Rumble. Two hundred thousand yeah. since the day after Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, was yeah. it? Was it one point? That. Yeah, I think it was about one point one just after Royal Rumble. So yeah, they're doing that's good. Not bad. They're doing very good. And uh, I mean, NXT obviously they are the they are attributing that to WrestleMania, though. Yeah, like those are subscribers as of WrestleMania. Yeah, but this, that's kind of a good thing, because if those people are subscribed for WrestleMania and then they hear all this NXT stuff on Raw the next night, then they'd be like, well, all that stuff's on the network and I've got that for a month. Yeah, so I mean, that's get true. get in there and look at it. And once you start watching that, I mean, NXT's worth the price of the network by itself. I'd yeah. gladly pay £10 a month for the four shows that they put on a month. Yeah. It's... Plus, if you just subscribe to the network and you get a WrestleMania as good as that. Yeah. Which is uh, probably one of the best WrestleManias ever. Certainly recently. It's I can't, yeah. I can't remember one where I can't remember one where every match delivered the way this one did. Well, like I mean, obviously I have a big gap in my WrestleMania history, but hmm. the WrestleManias from my era, like the early nineties, late even the late eighties, um, had big standout moments and were really exciting just because of the spectacle they were. But even they were like an awful lot of the show was just ridiculous it was just stuff that you didn't care about or didn't want to see or just like they gave over way too much time to Bobby the Brain Heenan being brought down to the ring on the back of a camel <laughs> and things like that it was like mm, just like can we have some wrestling please um so yeah I think it was I like I've been watching all the pay-per-views I think I'm up to Wrestlemania 12 and I think that this was probably better than any of those ones that I've seen My, well my favourite is 17, and this one definitely is close, if not even arguably better, which I always, is I'm, I'm, very high praise. I've always been a big fan of 20, just because it was in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, 20 is phenomenal it's pro- as well. probably the last ever pay-per-view they will host in Madison Square Garden. I don't think they've had any since, or they might have had one, but they're like they're not going back there again for anything, because it's too small now. Yeah, it wasn't I think it's too expensive as well. Yeah, but I, I think the major issue is just its size. Like they can't get the kind of crowd they want for WrestleMania in there. No, no, and they can't yeah. really get the kind of crowd they even want for a pay per view in there. Twenty uh, was in Miami. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Was it was in the Rock's hometown type thing? Was that what twenty was in Miami? I thought twenty was at Madison Square Garden. Oh, 20 was, 28. Oh, 28, sorry, yeah, okay. I'm sorry, I thought I heard Peter say 28. Yeah, no, I did. I no, he, he did. I just, I, did. Right. I misheard what you said. Um, All right, okay. But yeah. He... But def- definitely one of the best resumes ever, especially the ending. Yeah, I think the ending was so smart. I, just, I don't think anyone saw that. I, everyone kind of assumed Rons was going to cash in, but I don't think anyone saw it the way it shook, it shook down. Yeah, and even like ESPN and people were covering it, so it shows you how big this one was. So they've yeah, done their I job. Agree. I know we I had think a that's lot. Of... It. It's it's that's where you know it's become massive when like Brock Lesnar is announcing he's re-signed on Sports Center. That's a big deal. Well, 
I think overall we're all fairly impressed though by this WrestleMania. We all loved it. It was a great show. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it, it also feels like, unlike some recent pay-per-views and some recent WrestleManias even, that they've really used this as a jumping off, off point rather than just kind of going, okay, that's done, what's next? Like, this feels like it's naturally moving into the next phase of stuff. They're already announcing matches for Extreme Rules, which is good because it's relatively soon. And I like it when they announce matches for the next pay-per-view the next night because it feels like everything keeps rolling. Like you don't, I think if you don't, if you wait to announce them, you kind of get a much more kind of stop-start feeling to stuff. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, you don't. It, I mean, it's good because they've announced. I think they've announced that it's going to be Orton versus Rollins. I think. Yeah. Well, I think if they have to learn any lesson at all from the slight low points that we saw during WrestleMania, it's that they need to build things a little bit more. Like that tag team match that was on the kickoff show had almost no build. Yes. It had like yeah. two weeks of ridiculous cobbled together like eight man tag matches and stuff. Yes, they really pulled yes. back from the terrible build that they had, and we criticised that bit. But from the actual show, fantastic. I think they do need to learn from what they did like, over the past three months. So. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. But yeah, so uh, I think that's all we've really got to say. Like, We loved it. They did a great job, and we're all very, very impressed. Um, that is it for this post-WrestleMania breakdown show. Uh, if you would like to get more content from us, you can go over to Bygod, that's bygawd.tumblr.com. Uh, where I believe have you started posting your diary again, like you said you were going to, or was that just a lie? No, it's not a lie. I've just not done it yet. I'll write it up. Uh, I won't write up tomorrow because I'm going to the pub, but I'll write up on Friday. <laughs> um, uh, you could also go and get us on Twitter at uh, By God Blog on Twitter, where Colin posts a fair amount of stuff. Um, it's generally more you than me because you kind of post reactions to stuff quite quickly on there. Uh. If you want to get hold of us personally, you get me on Twitch as Hal Pro. It's H A L B Pro. You can get Colin as Bar sixty six. That's Bar with two R's, and you can get Peter as Colossal Blue. Uh, we will hopefully be back soon to talk about more stuff. I don't know what we're going to talk about at the minute, but stuff something. Um, but for now, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.